Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And Nazareth with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rain moves in with a high of 55. 21 in downtown Springfield. Scott Cohen will be joining us today. Yay. How exciting is that? Oh, man. Yeah. We need yeah. to come in. I'm so full of excitement about that. No. I think your uh, participation is often crucial. Is it really? Sure. Sure. Uh, there's that. There's some other things. It'll be a... It'll be another show. Tomorrow is actually a pretty busy day. Actually, tomorrow sounds like fun. Yeah. Barry. Judy. And Judy. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. That'll that'll cover the whole thing. Yeah, it should. So, uh, there you have it. It's 536 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. This week, it's a Thunderbird. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 and Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. It's 21 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, Bob McGrath, a true OG of Sesame Street, died yesterday at his home in New Jersey. He was 90 years old. No word on the cause of death. Um, I'm going to go on a limb. Say the cause of death was he was 90 years old. First he was here, and now he's far away. <laughs> I, this is terrible to say, I actually thought he had already died. No, we actually talked to him. He was a very nice man. He was a super nice guy. That was about, uh, God, that was like 15 years ago. And I honestly thought he had he had passed on. But, you know, uh, he was every bit as nice as you wanted him to be. To be well, you know? he, he was Bob from Sesame Street. Bob was the uh, cast member from day one. The first cast member uh, to be billed on that show on November 10th of 1969, <laughs> November. He was also uh, with the show with the show through 2016. He didn't have many recurring parts, though. I remember because my kids were watching this era from 2010 on, you know, right. Uh, and he wasn't he wasn't on the show very much. He was 80 years old probably at that time. Now, will they do an episode? Who are the people in your neighborhood? Like the. Mortician, Mortician. The, the funeral director is the person in your neighborhood. Yeah, or the uh, the IRS man who comes to tax Bob's estate right. to all his family after he's long gone. The, uh, the family court judge that settles all the disputes. Yeah, I don't know if there's yeah. any of that. Yeah, does he have a does he have a sibling protesting the will because one of her <laughs> other siblings isn't doing the job? That yeah, the people that you meet when you're walking down the mm-hmm. street. He also uh, sang a, on, a, on an NBC show called Sing Along with Mitch from 1960 to 1964. That was Mitch Miller in the gang. Okay. That. And he did a stint uh, singing Gregorian chants at funerals. He will not be singing at his own. N- no, he won't. Well, maybe they have a recording of that. I have, I have that album with him on the f- cover with his big face. Really? It was like a, it's like a Sesame Street Christmas album. It's him with a... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what yeah. I used to have? I used to have um, uh, Roosevelt Franklin, Gordon's friend, Roosevelt Franklin. That was a funky bunch of, a bunch of business right there. Oh, yeah? It was funky. Well, I have to bring that in. Do you have that? No, it's been long gone, and I, I, I kicked myself because it was such a great record. Really? It was that good? I'm telling you. It was one of my all-time favorites. 
Uh, Sharon Stone says that when she started working with Amphar in 1995, her career took a hit. That's a AIDS advocate. Okay. Quote, I stayed for 25 years uh, until we had AIDS remedies being advertised on TV like we have aspirin. Uh, it did destroy my career. I didn't work for eight years. I was told if I said condom again, funding would be removed. I was th- threatened repeatedly. My life was threatened, and I decided I would stick with it. Obviously, she feels it was worth it. Quote, now 37 million people are living with HIV, AIDS, living functioning and healthy. Okay. I don't really understand why it hurt her career. I mean, unless people thought that what she was doing was a bad thing. That's how she's perceiving it as. People thought it was bad, and she shouldn't be uh, talking about AIDS and all this other stuff. Except what about all those other people that were talking about AIDS as well, whose careers were not negatively affected? I don't know. I don't know. Kiki Palmer uh, hosted SNL this weekend, and during her open monologue, she unbuttoned her coat to reveal her pregnant belly. And she said, oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't. That's the wrong one. <laughs> Quote, there's some rumors going around. People have been in my comments saying, uh, Kiki's having a baby. Kiki's pregnant. And I want to set the record straight. I am. Some people feel a little weird about me having a baby because I was a child actor. I just want to say, look, I'm 29. I'm grown. I have sex. I own a home. I stormed the Capitol on January 6th, you know? <laughs> Things adults do. Yeah. This will be her uh, her first baby with her boyfriend. Oh, that's terrific. Wow, that's so nice. It's nice. What was she on? No idea. Kiki Palmer? Well, let me look that up. If she was a child star, she was obviously on uh, some show. Uh, Kiki Palmer, <clears throat> if you recall... Had been on, and I'm not, uh, let's see. She was on, whoo, boy, what was she on? Yeah, we're, we're, we're not really doing that well here. Barbershop 2, back to back in business. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Uh, she competed in the uh, Scripps National Spelling Bee. Oh, I remember her in that performance. Uh, let's see, she's been in a bunch of uh, Tyler Perry movies. And Tyler Perry movies? That's correct. The uh, director of Blonde thinks it's strange that people were upset with his depiction of Marilyn Monroe because she's dead. Quote, the movie doesn't make any difference in one way or another. What they really mean is that the film exploited their memory of her. I can actually kind of see that happening. Yeah, except that's been been happening since the poor woman died. Well, yeah, but, you know, everybody forgets all the crap that she went through. Yeah, but it's... Right, okay, but it takes one series to... All of a sudden, that's the thing that's ex- rekindled exploitive. Uh, you start talking about something that nobody's talked about in a while, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "Wow, hey, she was, she was really abused, and she really had depression." Damn, how come nobody I, did anything? I, I think people knew that. Uh, Axel Rose will no longer throw his microphone into the crowd as he's done for more than thirty years. Why? Because he can't lift his arm that much anymore? Uh, no. Apparently a microphone hit somebody yeah. in the face. Uh, uh, after a fan in Australia got hit in the face by it, he says, quote, we don't want anyone getting hurt or to somehow uh, in any way hurt anyone at our shows uh, anywhere. Oh, I just cracked my back getting up out of this chair. I also threw my rotator cuff out. Yeah. You know, um, where's my morning uh, Big Mac? He may also be at the point now where he can no longer fire, afford to buy new microphones. That could be, too. I don't know. I think they're selling out those shows pretty well. I don't think Axl Rose is hurting. uh... You're throwing a microphone into the crowd every single night. 
It's like a $500 microphone. $500 microphone, exactly. That adds up. Kim Kardashian uh, wore tight leather pants and a crop tank to a Miami club. No kidding. She must have had something to say. She said, oh my God, the last time I had anything this tight was when Ray J shoved his scrotum totem into my nut hug, nut hugging wiener trap in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn, but sometimes it gets in my mouth. No, I know. It gets get caught in the back there. Yeah. And uh, Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, mother Chris Kim, but I once uh, put some nut nectar on the dune poon. <laughs> little Boston pancake on the bum bush. Right. What are you trying to say? I filled her up so much she acunculated. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that one up. Comes out your nose. Jesus! I didn't really need to know that quickly. And Kanye? I'd rather have that than pay $200,000 a month, I'll tell you that! I, I'd like to buy myself some tight leather pants and a crop top in a Miami club, but I can't! Because I don't have $200,000 a month! Such uh, an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Raj and Rock 102. I am. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, great news. The College Bowl schedule is set and ready to rip starting December 16th, just 11 short days away from today. You kidding me? I love college football's bowl season. The fun, the pageantry, the endless traditions, and don't get me started on the tasteful array of snacks that'll be on hand for every single game, of which I intend to enjoy every single one of them. All 43 of them. I'll be watching the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl, the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, the Cricket Celebration Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle, the Lending Tree Bowl, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, the Frisco Bowl, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Services Bowl, the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, the Quick Lane Bowl, the Camellia Bowl, the Serve You First Responder Bowl, the Ticketmaster uh, Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, the Military Bowl presented by Paraton, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, the San Diego Co- uh, County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, the Tax Act Texas Bowl, the Duke Mayo Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, the Tax Player uh, Gator Bowl, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl, the Tra- Trans Perfect Music City Bowl, the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the ReliaQuest Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, and the Rose Bowl. All of which lead to uh, will lead to hours of Idaho potatoes, cheeses, and bucket loads of Duke mayonnaise as I get set for the CFP semifinal of the Verbo Fiesta Bowl and the CFP semifinal at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which of course will all result in the CFP National Championship presented by AT&T. I just hope that game doesn't become a shamelessly over-commercialized showcase of gutless capitalism because that's just not what college football is all about. But hey, in the my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. One minute, it's a little piece of plastic. The next, it's a DeWalt Impact Driver Kit. A Rocky's gift card is a powerful, powerful gift. Power tools, because now you can, because you, because you care enough to not try to pick up a, a new impact. Let's just say that the card is awesome, and you can get them at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Classic Rock at 609. And the Black Crows with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. going to be mostly sunny today uh, when the sun does come out uh, at a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. It's 21 in downtown Springfield.
You know, on my phone, I get notifications all the time whenever, like, 22 or Western Mass News or Mass Live has a big story that they want everybody to know about. Yeah. I get the instant notification. So I always feel like I'm kind of pretty well <sighs> informed about the big news items of the day. Yeah. Get a load of this. This came from 22 News. Working for you. Oh, yeah. Now, Chris Bazakis, we've never met, right? Have you ever met him yet? That's uh, Eddie Munster, right? He's yeah. Well, he's got I mean, that little yeah. widow's peak thing going on in his head. Uh, yes. Yeah. You could. Yes. Right. Anyway, he wrote this story, and I had never heard anything like this before in my life. In fact, as I'm reading it, as I'm diving into it, I'm going, "My God, where did they get this guy from? He knows everything. This guy's unbelievable." Yeah. The uh, the headline is, and I quote: <clears throat> "December brings cold weather." And a chance of snow. What? I know. Whoa! Hey! Here's here's what Chris Basakis wrote about the weather in December. Mm. Everybody hold on to your hat, okay? Because this is unbelievable. We are now in the first week of December. And with that comes the start of meteorological winter. Usually, December is cold here in the Pioneer Valley. But you can also have its swing of warm temperatures. Our high average temperature in December is 40 degrees, while the average low is 25. With December, here's the other thing. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Brace yourself. With December also comes the chance of snow. No, don't say it. We don't have any snow chances for the next seven days, but overall in December, we see an average of 10.2 inches per snow. This guy is just blowing my mind. Who? December? Wait a minute. You're telling me... In December, yes. Not only does it get cold, but there's a chance that we could see some snow. Yes. Now, had now you're just talking crazy. Had I not received this notification on my phone, I would have bumped through the month of December blindly, wondering, "Gee, I I wonder what the weather is going to be like throughout the month, whether it's the Pioneer Valley or throughout." All of New England. Yay, maybe all the Northeast. But he focused in on what's going to happen in December in the Pioneer Valley. And I say good on you, Chris Pisakas, because without you, there's no way to have known this. You know what? For all the years that Lapis has been working over there, I have never seen production like this come out of any employee over at 22 News. Yeah, La- Lapis would just, you know, this had to be a Lapis thing. Chris, what do you write about the weather in December? Yeah. I'm going to put another stack of 20s on the fire. It's like his little uh, little protege. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, yeah, you, you go ahead. And then put my name on it. <laughs> like, uh, what's right, we were just, I was just watch, finished watching season two of uh, Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. Tina Fey's character there. Yes. Now I can't remember it, even though I just saw it yesterday. Uh, but she takes all the credit for all the things that happen on uh, on the podcast. That's exactly what Busakis is doing. He's doing. He's, Lapis is taking all the credit for all his work. You know, I don't think Brian is necessarily the kind of guy that would be. Uh, what's the word? I'm you know vindictive at all. But I can see Brian say, "Hey, Chris, what do you write about the weather in December?" And then you know laugh because he knows there's nothing to write about December until there's something really to talk about. What? Was this guy the one a few weeks ago who wrote Why the Sky is Pink in the Morning? (laughs) 
you're not going to believe this. <laughs> the sun comes up in the morning and turns the sky pink. I can't wait until the month of June. Oh, God. oh yeah. You're not going to believe what happens in the month of June weather-wise. It starts getting warm. June brings in warm temperatures. Mm-hmm. Did you know that <laughs> April showers bring May flowers? You know what Mayflowers bring? What's that, Bo? Pilgrims. Ah! <laughs> oh, Anyhow, Anyhow. That's so, well, uh, there you go. Good Thanks. work, Chris. Yeah, thank you so Nicely much done. for putting that out there to us. By the way, it is time to buy that Christmas tree. That's another headline on 22 News. <clears throat> it's now three weeks away from Christmas, and many people went shopping for their Christmas trees this weekend. Did you go shopping for a tree, or do you have one? <sighs> I think we're into a, a situation where I bought a big fake tree a number of years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, right after I got divorced, it was a 10-foot tree. Yeah. I had at the time, my sad divorce guy uh, apartment had very high vaulted ceilings. Yeah. And I just wanted like the biggest, most obnoxious tree I could get. And I found it. Now, uh, we have uh, like a three-season room, which has very high ceilings as well. And it accommodates the 10-foot tree. And now uh, there is some discussion about whether or not we should replace the 10-foot tree with something more, how shall I put this, less obscene, mm-hmm. something more manageable. So I, you know, we're kind of uh, <sighs> right in that fence of decision-making. Should we or should we not make that move? I'm okay with the 10-foot tree, but yeah. I, you know, it, it, is, it is a bit uh, much. A little much? It's a 10-foot tree. Yeah. Actually, it's more than 10 feet because on the stand, it's like 10 and a half yeah. feet. I have a nine-foot tree. <laughs> yeah. I hear it's not really about the size. Well, it really isn't about the size. I got this tree for free uh, a couple of years ago from somebody somebody I had met in the, uh, in the bereavement group over at, uh, at Rick's place. Man, if you're going to get anything out of a bereavement group, it's a free Christmas tree. Um, but <laughs> season's <laughs> grievings. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Here's a tree for you. But no, I, I got there was this nice lady who gave me this uh, this this tree, and uh, bec- she was going to give it away. And I said, I'll I'll take it because the one I had was this old dilapidated one that mm-hmm. was kind of falling apart. Right. So I, I got now I have this giant Christmas tree uh, that we decorated yesterday. I pulled it all out of the basement and uh, put the lights on it. Eh. What a pain in the ass that is. You know, I uh, there are some there's some homeowners around the area. Homeowner says what? I said there's a homeowner around the there's some homeowners around the area that uh, kind of go a little overboard yeah. on the uh, on the decorations. Like you know, for example, there's a couple of houses in East Long Meadow. There's yeah. a whole street in Hamden. But then I, I look at like this uh, like this one fella. I think it's a fella. I don't know um, on Parker Street, who probably has about fifty or sixty inflatable uh, decorations in his front yard. Okay. Now, again. I can be very Yuletide. I can enjoy the season, especially in December. Did you realize that the weather gets cold and possibly brings snow in December? What? Yeah, I know. And uh, when I see something like that, 50 or 60 inflatable decorations on a front yard, you know what I think in my head? What? That dude's going to have to put that away at some point. Yes. That's the thing. It's like and that's a lot to... of work, not necessarily to set them up, but to put them away. I was thinking that as I was pulling all this stuff out, going, I'm going to have to put this away in like a month and a half. That's the yeah. worst part. Yeah. It's the worst part. And it's the, it's the one part that trips me up. I don't mind putting up the tree. I just don't like taking down the tree. 
The latest I've ever left it up was like February because I got lazy. <clears throat> oh, I've gone longer than that. Really? Yeah. Yes. What, like spring? Uh, <clears throat> um, sure. <laughs> All right, then. No, it, I'd say like March. I've left like the early part of March. I just, you know, it's like the idea of yeah. taking all those balls down and putting them back where they yeah, belong. You know, and that's the thing. I used to look at those elaborate things and I say, who has, first of all, who has the, t- not only that question, what you just asked, you're going to have to put all that stuff away, but who's got the time to put all this stuff together? That's what I don't understand. L- last night, there's a guy in Russell that I actually know Yeah, that uh, we pulled up in front of the house and, uh, and all this things, all these things are blinking on the front lawn mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And he's even got a... A radio station that you turn to, yeah. You turn it to eighty-eight point one, and you can watch the music go along with the elaborate uh, light show that yeah. he's got going. There's, on there's there. a couple houses on Summers Road here yeah. in East Longmeadow yeah. that do that with the the low power radio station. I know uh, a family, and I'm not going to name names, but you people know who I'm talking about. Uh, who not only have one tree, they have two trees. Like they're so into decorating the house for Christmas. Yeah. And I went over there a number of years ago. The first time I saw that they had two trees in the house. Two? In two different rooms. Yeah. And I thought, how much, never mind setting it yeah. up. You're not going to take that. you got to have like, you know, you just got to be like a masochist to have to take all that up and take it all down. That's like, yeah. All I can think of is putting what? stuff away. Well, I, years ago, my mother was invited to a, like a holiday lunch, if you will. That's what old people do. Right. They go over to other old people's homes and they- they have lunch instead of dinner, you know. Sure. Because everybody's got to go to bed by a certain time. Well, we go over this uh, very, uh, I think he was like a retired hedge fund owner or something, I don't, whatever it was. He was involved in some kind of finance, and he had he had quite a bit of money. And sure. it was this big, elaborate house down in Florida. It was beautiful. It was right down the water. And his wife was like a retired interior designer. Mm-hmm. So the whole house at Christmas, they had six Christmas trees just in the area where you could, where, where people were congregating, and uh, it was nicely done. It yeah. looked like you were walking into a like a Yankee Candle at Christmas time, or walking into a Christmas tree shops for that matter. Actually, better than that. And it was just like, that's great. But again, what who's a got pain. the time? What a pain in the ass! I can, I get mad when I can't find a hook for the balls that come out of the box. No kidding. Uh, or you gotta un, un you know like all the all the hooks are all in a pile and they gotta un, unsolve the knot that they're all in. I yeah. don't like that either. But what a pain the chestnuts that is. Yeah, it's uh, it's not uh, something that uh, I aspire to do every year. You know, it, it's funny because you know my uh, when I was a kid, uh, you know I mean there were some houses that that you know would decorate the outside mm-hmm. of the house. We were never a family that did a whole hell of a lot of that. Like no. I, I I can't. Even, I can't even recall my dad ever out there on a ladder. Yeah, you know, hammering yeah. lines of uh, of uh, of bulbs out uh, outside. I'm never not, recall that. I'm not doing it this year. I've never done it. I did it uh, for two years. You know, when the pandemic was going on, I'm like, well, I got nothing better to do. I'll just put these lights up, I guess. And now it's just like, mm, I don't want to go out there in the cold and put lights up and, yeah. and have that just. Just to show other people that I celebrate Christmas. See, whenever I have those moments of nothing better to do, those are the things that I try to do nothing better at all. And that is the way you embrace pandemics, lockdowns, 
and the holidays just, if you can. Just don't do it. That's it. That's, just a, don't, that's a good message. Max. Don't do it. That's don't a really do good message. That's right. You know, celebrate the holiday with your family, but you don't have to take it outside. That's Mike Baxendale's tips on how to get through life. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there and let everybody else do it for you. The longer you sit and wait, the slower things come. Yeah, but see, like in your situation, it's just you and your wife. That's you it. You don't have kids living, at, little kids living at home anymore. No. So it's not like you have to really put any effort into any of it. You don't, and, and if let's say you're having people over for the holidays. All you need is one of them three-foot trees, you know, those three little the ones that come in the box from, mm-hmm. uh, from Christmas tree shops. They're maybe like $15, $20. You put that up, you decorate it, boom, there's your Christmas. When Jenny and I were first dating, uh, she had one of those uh, those Charlie Brown trees. Oh, the sad wah, 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 it, yeah, it was, wah, wah, with it the was blanket just, wrapped around the bottom it, of it. That's exactly what yeah. it was because she, uh, she, you know, she, she loved that. But there's a part of me that says, you know what, there's something kind of nice about just having a stick. Yeah, there <laughs> is know, something nice one about One ball, it. one light, maybe a, maybe a star at the top of the top of the very tippity top of the stick. And then when you're done, you put it back in the box and you're done. Yeah. You're done. Hey, you just instant Christmas in a box. For me to take down that 10-foot tree, it comes in three sections. I got to take each section down, remove all the balls, and then, you know, flatten it out so it goes back into the, what now is like a seven-year-old box that's fallen apart with, you know, nothing but, you know, duct tape and hope keeping it alive. And then that's, uh, that's you know, that's all I got to do. You but there what? are some houses, that they're, they're going to be taking stuff down forever. Every year I'm alive, I realize that Frank Costanza had a had a good idea with that whole Festivus thing. No kidding. Just a poll and telling everybody how you have disappointed you all year long. It's 623 with Bax and Nagle and Rock 102. <laughs> and Rock 102. Uh, you'll get the weather from Dan Brown in just a minute. Uh, Scott Cohen will be uh, joining us uh, in about a half hour. So there's that. Tomorrow is a very exciting show. Tomorrow... Mr. Barry Krieger will walk in here and do what's bothering Barry. And then if that ain't good enough for you, uh, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield will be coming in here. We're going to be talking about the holidays with Judy Matt. Now, Judy is the kind of woman who I am sure decorates big time at the house. Oh, yeah. Well, she's got a beautiful home. So she's, uh, you know, she's got to get all that stuff up. Yeah. Plus, she decorates all the entire, (laughs) all of Forest Park, too. You think uh, you think she uh, she makes dom dom go like that stuff? Uh, Dominic, I'm gonna need you to go to the basement and get the uh, the cruise again. Bocce balls! It's that time of year. Why don't we just leave this stuff all year long? I'm gonna guess. This is just a guess mm-hmm. that if uh, there's only two people in the entire world mm-hmm. that dom dom answers to, it's Mrs. Dom Dom, okay? Yeah, and Judy. I would say those so too. are the t- those are the two people that I don't think Dom has ever said no to. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, you know, uh, you know that group made that song because I said that. Yeah, once. but but Judy's got brown eyes, huh? She's got brown eyes. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just telling you, they named that song. Well, brown didn't sound good, so they changed it to blue. I didn't have anything to do with that. I said Sweet Judy Brown Eyes. They changed it to blue. I don't know what to tell you. It's six twenty-seven. News is next. The Rock One Hundred Two. Here's your Western. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Bobby K doing that. Just, that I just spot. heard a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for news. 
Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, thank you, Bax. Uh, let's see. A 27-year-old man who authorities suspect was involved in the killings of a Massachusetts couple has been arrested in Florida. Authorities say Christopher Keeley of Weymouth was arrested Friday night in Miami Beach. Prosecutors say Carl Matson and Vicki Matson, both 70, were found dead in their Marshfield home on November 29th by police responding to a request for a well-being check. They appeared to have been stabbed and beaten. Authorities say the suspect and the couple knew each other but have not disclosed a motive in the killings. I was worrying a lot of people because I think people were thinking, no, this guy's just roaming around the state. Mm. He went all the way to Florida. It's usually where they go. <laughs> yes. That's right. Some of the most disturbed people I know leave Massachusetts to go to Florida. Well, if you're going to do uh, some sort of heinous crime, like, uh, you know, kill two people. Yes. Florida. Uh, see, every they're all looking in Florida, though. You got to go somewhere where nobody's going to find you. How, like, uh, what would be a good place to, to not be found? Like, northern New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. No, somewhere, one's, no somewhere, one's going up there for that. Somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Somewhere where... Uh, you you find an old hotel like uh, Jack Nicholson uh, had to take care of and uh, yes, The Shining. You're right, especially a guy like this. You know, you find yourself out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. Don't, I don't really know where the best place is for a homicidal maniac. Uh, days after two deadly pedestrian accidents on Chicopee Street in Chicopee, Western Mass News found police officers stationed along the road pulling people over for speeding and those who didn't stop at crosswalks. Two people were killed just three days apart in two separate fatal pedestrian crashes, both on Chicopee Street. The first was last Monday night. Police said 68-year-old William Matson was, uh, was hit and killed. The alleged driver of the vehicle, 42-year-old Benjamin Gorage of Chicopee, stayed at the scene, was arrested on charges uh, including motor vehicle homicide while operating under the influence. Just two nights later, 62-year-old man was severely injured in a hit and run and later died in the hospital. That crash is still under investigation. Since those two crashes, Western Mass News has spoken with a number of residents on Chicopee Street who said speeding is a huge issue. So uh, so they decided to find out for themselves. And they went out there and they saw cars driving down the street. Hmm. Ooh. <sighs> it's one of those streets where cars tend to do that. Uh, Western Mass News also spoke with the manager of Genro's Liquors, a store right across the street where the second pedestrian crash took place. He told Western Mass News there needs to be flashing lights or something that alerts drivers to the crosswalk as it can be hard to see when it's dark out. You know what they have down in Florida, which they'll never be able to have here, I think, because of we use salt and stuff on the roads. Mm -hmm. But in the town that my mom lived in, when somebody was in the crosswalk, the whole road lit up. Really? <clears throat> there was like little flashers of yellow on the road. Oh like yeah, embedded into the ground, so you could see, you could see that thing from a mile away. Yeah, but one good plow and those things are gone. Well, that that's what I'm saying. We would never be able to have anything like that around here. But I don't know. There there seems to be like there needs to be some sort of um, like down on on State Street by the library where they've they've had multiple hit and run right. accidents there and people have died. Like there there's only like one crosswalk there. There's not there should be like multiple ones because it's such a long stretch. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, if if it's not a, a, if there's not a traffic light at that crosswalk to let cars know there's, you know, people walking through, you know, the, people don't always pay attention to what's in front of them. A crosswalk at night in a dimly lit part of town is not going to be seen by a guy who's speeding. Yeah. Most of the time. 
I don't know. I mean, there's, well, there's got to there's got to be a solution for these crosswalks because you know two deaths, you know, in that short a period of time is two deaths too many. Well, and then you you have uh, one of the uh, people being accused of being under the influence too, so that doesn't really uh, doesn't help, help either. Either um, there's not really too much local news, so I'm just going to go around the stuff that was on Mass Live. Oh, you, you should do. What? You should rely on a bunch of uh, lists and surveys. Well. I left my surveys in my survey box. Let me go get them upstairs. <laughs> Be back in 25 minutes. A uh, driver crashed into a strip mall yoga studio in Wakefield Sunday afternoon. Oh, that really destroyed disturbing the peace. No right? kidding. According to a news release from the Wakefield Police Department, a 2013 Cadillac XTS crashed into the front of the Curve Wellness Studio on Lowell Street at about 12.40 p.m., the front window of the business, which was closed at the time of the crash, was damaged, but the building appeared structurally sound. None of the adjacent businesses were affected. The but dry- there were chakras all over the all over the room. Isn't it? Yeah, that's what it was. The whole studio is nothing but chakras. <laughs> Imagine what it was like. Good thing it was in the, like, goat yoga. You ever see that? Goat yoga? Where the goats, like, walk on top of you? Where people, yeah, they, people do yoga, and then goats, I don't understand how that's supposed to be peaceful. Uh, apparently it's uh, supposed to be very, very peaceful. Like, like these the goats, goats are very docile uh, animals, and they'll uh, they'll walk all over you if you let them. Goats eat things. They do. Like a lot of things. So, like, uh, you're trying to do your yoga pose, and then somebody comes up and starts eating your shirt. Well, that's, you know, that's that's kind of the risk of, of goat yoga. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, you because know, they got one of uh, these places here in Islam at one of those hot yoga yeah. places. Where the room is like ninety-five degrees. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't really get that. I mean, I'm, I'm, people who do it love it. I don't know if I could necessarily sit in a room that's ninety-five degrees. You're not that kind of guy. I am a guy who prefers air conditioning everywhere. Uh, the driver, who was the only one on the car at the time, was evaluated by emergency medical personnel and declined to go to the hospital. Nobody else was injured. The incident is under investigation, but uh, police believe that the crash was, in fact, just simply accidental. Uh, three Rhode Island men were arrested recently for stealing six catalytic converters in Braintree, causing more than $12,000 in damage. They six went- Catalytic converters cost $12,000. Isn't that insane? That's ridiculous. But what's even more ridiculous is these guys from Rhode Island went all the way out to Braintree to look for catalytic converters? Well, I, I mean, I realize Rhode Island's not a big state, but there's always somebody who's got a catalytic converter in, the, in their car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. $12,000, though, seems like an awful lot of money. Well, that's the reason why they steal them, because they're so damn valuable. I, I sincerely hope this never happens to me. Like, that's like the one thing I don't want to well, do is get in my car, turn it on, and go. You know, you just jinx yourself, right? I know. It's going to happen. It's going to be out, somebody out there in Huntington with a sawzall removing it from your car. Mm, I'm guessing that's more of a Blanford thing, if you know what I'm saying. That's where all the real crime is. Really? In the hill towns. Blanford, Blanford oh, is, yeah. the, is the bad side that's of the, the tracks. That's the that's the crime hotspot of the hill towns. I think somebody had a goat stolen once, and they brought it to a yoga studio. <laughs> Alberto Riviera, twenty-two of Cranston, Rhode Island, and twenty-three-year-old Kieran Mitchell and thirty-two-year-old Richard Robinson, uh, both of Providence, were arrested on October thirty-first, and we're just hearing about this now. 
The three men were charged with trespassing, larceny over $1,200, and according to the department, dispatch received an alarm call from a business on Wood Road at approximately 11 p.m. They were unable to locate anyone on the property, but about a half hour later, another call came in, and the alarm company was able to see multiple people on camera in the fenced-in yard. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we this is a different. You. you don't know if this is a different time and place, but you know, I I grew up real close to Providence, like ten yeah. miles out of Providence, and uh, you know, back then, you know, the idea of going to Boston seemed to be outrageous. That's a forty-minute drive. You need like hotel accommodations. You need to find a place for the dog. You got to find all kinds of things mm-hmm. before you can take you know that kind of journey. But three guys with a with a couple of uh, with an awesome set of tools and driving all the way out to Braintree to steal a catalytic converter. What's going on in Rhode Island these days? I have no idea. These no. those people were designed to be provincial and never leave their borders. And now look at them, Braintree. Please, yeah, I don't want to go Braintree. That's a long way to go. It's a long, long way for a Rhode Islander to drive. Didn't I just say last week we don't do enough stories about Dudley? <clears throat> The town of Dudley? No, the kid on different strokes. Oh, I thought you were about the, uh, the, the Mountie who rode his horse backwards. No, no, no. Dudley, Massachusetts. A mail carrier in Dudley was praised by police for his quick thinking when his mail truck caught fire on Friday. According to a Facebook post by the Dudley police, the mail carrier called 911 at about 11.43 a.m. when he realized that the mail truck got fire while he was making delivery, deliveries on Dresser Hill Road. After calling for help, the mail carrier began removing letters and packages from the truck, with help from a bystander who jumped in, he was able to remove all the mail from the truck and save it from the flames. Did we have a story like this last week about we, UPS? We did. Uh, well, I there was a story about something with packages on fire, and I brought that example that when I saw yeah. them UPS managers throwing the boxes out of the truck. This guy works for the post office. I would have let that burn. I would have just let it all go to hell. Yeah, except Sorry. You, you know their motto, right? What? Through rain or sleet nor dead of night, the post office always delivers the mail. Nor rain or, yeah. Yeah, whatever the hell it may be. Yeah. It's not always, what was that one where Newman didn't go out because. <laughs> it's too cold. That's the first one. Rain. <laughs> first one. Because he wasn't getting the calzone for, uh, for Mr. Steinbrenner. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, in the photo from the scene posted by the police department, the destroyed truck can be seen with most of its interior burned away. But damn, all them, all that junk mail was saved. I remember when Dudley got burned. That was a horrible episode of. Was, was that the Gordon Jump episode? Yeah, that's. Uh, th- I was just thinking. You know, I. It's so funny that you mentioned that because. I was thinking of all stuff's nostalgia. Different Strokes is on Amazon Prime right now. You can watch it for free. Right. You can watch all the seasons of Different Strokes. How awesome is that? And that's the one. Uh, that was the first one I went and watched. <laughs> it was a two-part episode. Okay. Uh, when the bike man, the bike shop, uh, he was uh, he was enticing the kids to come into the back room. And he was, uh, it was, yeah, Gordon Jump. Now I can't remember his name on the show. But he was uh, Mr. Feely. That's what it should. Mr. McFeely. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. McFeely. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Raleigh Fingers. But that was the one where he invited Arnold and Dudley into the back room, and mm-hmm. he was showing them porn and cartoons. And but, but, the ice cream was plentiful. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's all very disturbing. But what's even more disturbing is of all the episodes you could have watched. That was your first one, and uh, I, I got to go back and look at that one again. When you did you? Uh, I lived in New Jersey when I was a kid, so we had like all the time. There was an advertisement for Cats, the musical. Okay, did you ever see the advertisement for Cats? 
No. It was like, yeah, so obviously it wouldn't be on around here because they were promoting the Winter Garden Theater on Broadway, but it was always cats. Oh, midnight. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, and it hit me that, like, they used to do PSA. I went to go look Google old uh, Cats commercials from the 80s, and they have, like, the old Cats commercials. Because Cats was on HBO. That's what it was. I was watching it the other night. Okay. I watched about five minutes of it going, oh, I've waited my whole life to not want to see this. <laughs> I've turned it and off. Here, and here I am, not wanting to watch the rest of it. Yeah, but I it sent me down that rabbit hole going to look for these old commercials. And then they had this PSA, which uh, which I can play for you later. It's 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 the cast of Cats doing a, a seatbelt commercial. Make sure you put your child in a, in a child seat. Okay. And then they they all come out on stage and they're like, "Oh, there was an a- the humans had an accident. There was a child in the car. A child, a child." <laughs> and then it says, "Cats have 9 lives and children only have one. Make sure you buckle your child in." And then you don't no child wants to become a memory and then they start playing that song. Oh memory. my god. Yeah. Well, well, I'll play that for you. Yeah, please do. Coming up next. Or in now hear this. Well, I guess we could do it in now hear this. Good God. Yeah. Anyway, your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, mostly sunny with a high of, I'll tell you that, 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. It's 21 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Hey. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 649. And Jimi Hendrix of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. It's 21 in downtown Springfield. Uh, tonight, Coors Light and Rock 102 give everybody a chance to win 5000 bucks. Join Pat Kelly and the road crew at Tap Sports Bar and MGM tonight from 7 to 9 as New Orleans takes on Tampa. If there's a safety in the first quarter, somebody is going to win $5,000, plus a lot of other great prizes, too, from Coors Light and Rock 102. So come watch the game at TAP at MGM Springfield, and you could win five grand from Coors Light and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, What else? What else is going on? What are you doing? Uh, well, we got Cohen Yeah. this week. Uh, actually, uh, in just a few minutes, uh, Barry Krieger tomorrow with uh, Judy Matt. That'll be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Not together. They're separately. No. Uh, we, but we also have, it's a busy week uh, this week. Yeah. It's very busy. Around, uh, around the building. We're, uh, we're actually having a retirement party uh, this week, which, yeah, it just seems uh, odd because people rarely ever get a chance to actually retire from this place. And when, it, when they do, it's usually something pretty remarkable. We have a retirement party, and then we have the Christmas party the week after. Yes, that's a that's a lot of stuff to fit in, uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, that, that's, we don't. That's like more than enough of seeing those people upstairs. Like I try to avoid <laughs> just even eye contact with anybody upstairs. Right. Now I got to sit through two meals with them. Well, the thing about uh, this week, the retirement party, the food will be good. Yeah, it's a good place, and uh, the Christmas party. Food will be good there, too. Mm-hmm. So if you try to uh, familiarize yourself with delicious meals, you can almost avoid spending any real quality time with anybody. Just get, go in your own corner and, and, you know, not participate in conversation. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still pulling that kid card. Oh, I'm sorry. I wish I could hang out with you all afternoon. Yeah, yeah it used to be where we'd have the Christmas party. It was usually like a lunch. Yeah. And then I had to go. 
leave the party early to go pick up my kids at school in the car line. Yeah. Well, you know, my, all my kids are out of school. So it's like, or, you know, out of high school. So there is no more car line for me. I was able to graduate from that. So now if I leave, I have to come up with some phony excuse. And I was thinking, yeah. you, you know, and, and you tell me if you're comfortable with this. Yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking that what I would tell everybody is I have to go pick up Steve's kids. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Since I don't, I, do you, you want know, me to put you on the parent pickup list just in case? Not really. It's just it's just an excuse. Oh, it's just an excuse. You're not actually going to do it for me? Well, I mean, if you if you needed me to in a well, pinch, I, I would. I mean, do if it. you're going to use my kids as an excuse, you might as well go through all the way and go pick them up and uh, take them home. Maybe take them out shopping. I just want to be off at, uh, practices. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just want to be able to use the excuse for the purposes of the Christmas party. Yeah, Steve's kids got to get picked up, and Steve's got other commitments, so I I, I got to go. Yeah, all right. You can use them. That's fine. Just one time. Just one time. That's all. Remember the uh, one of the uh, it was years ago, and it was probably about two thousand eight because I wasn't married yet, and we went to one of those luncheons. It was a holiday lunch. Yeah. For for this place, and I think we went to. I think it was Pazzo. I think we went to. I think Pazzo's. we went to Pazzo like two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we went to Pazzo, and uh, not only did they have the food for us, but they also had delicious drink chips. So uh, we each got two, and then there was people who didn't uh, drink, and they gave me the tickets because mm-hmm. you know why not give the alcoholic some more booze, right? Yeah. And uh, this was like, I don't know, 1230 in the afternoon, and mm-hmm. I had uh, I had four uh, bourbons uh, while we were there. Which isn't that much bourbon no, when you really, really think no, about no, it. No, 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 when you think about it. And then uh, not I had to get a ride home. It was a kid that worked here. It was a road crew kid, and he gave me a ride back because I lived right here near the station. I, I lived like maybe two miles from here. Okay. And then uh, then I had to get up. Uh, like five hours later and go to a rehearsal dinner for the wedding that I was in the following day. (laughs) And uh, it was at that church. I think it's a Lutheran church in Longmeadow here. It's right on Route 5. It's a beautiful church. Yes. Is it Lutheran maybe or something? Uh, Episcopal or something like that. Something like that. And uh, and I remember going in there and we're doing this rehearsal and I'm standing at the altar and I just like, I'm still buzzed. Like, I'm still kind of drunk. Yeah. And, uh... My buddy's soon-to-be wife was like, oh, my God, you smell like a distillery. And I'm like, I, just, I don't know. What are we going to eat? Like, that's all I wanted to know. When's the dinner portion of this rehearsal dinner? Oh, yeah. We're doing the rehearsal. How much longer before we get back to eat the, eat the food? <laughs> I just, uh, I don't miss those days. Yeah. I don't miss the days of of getting day drunk and then waking up to have to go do something else that very night remember we did uh years ago we did it a uh like a broadcast like a it was a saint patrick's day broadcast yeah and you know they couldn't start serving booze by state law until eight o'clock in the morning right so you know we you know, there was no drinking going on our show ends at 10 a buddy of mine you know is, has been there all morning and uh we didn't leave until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, oh. So if you can imagine, from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., mm-hmm. uh, and I think it wound up being a Friday, so it was like, uh, you know, it's a great way to start the weekend. Yeah. Ooh. A little wet in the whistle there. Oh, I was very 
well hydrated that day. Oh, I'm day. sure you were. Yes. Yeah. See, that's the danger of this job. Sometimes people, it people is. People don't realize that yeah. there's a lot of dangerous things that go along with this. It's 656 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. This week it's a Thunderbird. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, with the Patriots off yesterday, I was forced to pay attention to other games. Sure, I paid close attention to the Packers spanking the Chicago Bears, but I also paid close attention to the Cleveland-Houston game. Since it was the first game, the quarterback Deshaun Watson played in the Cleveland Browns uniform after serving an 11-game suspension, playing against the very team that couldn't wait to get rid of him after he was accused of being sexually inappropriate with more than two dozen licensed massage therapists. So how did he do? Well, once the crowd finished booing him, he played like garbage, and yet the Browns still beat the Texans 27-14 without a single, without a single offensive touchdown. You see, folks. Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in 700 days. He did, however, manage to settle for uh, 20 of the 24 civil lawsuits against him by dipping into that $230 million guaranteed contract he has. And as a result of his inactivity, he was only able to complete 12 passes for 131 yards. In other words, the dude played like a rusty gate. When asked about his crummy performance after the game, Deshaun responded by saying, quote, I'll just say that I felt every one of those 700 days. Oh, really? Maybe a massage would help. And then when asked about the raiding deluge of booze coming from the stands of NRG Stadium, Watson responded by saying, quote, I'm a Cleveland Brown now. We're on the road. They're supposed to boo. Dude, I don't know how to break this to you, but they're not booing you because you're playing for another team. They're booing you because you're a scumbag who doesn't know how to keep his noodle to himself. Listen, you could have played in any stadium around the country yesterday. They'd still be booing you. And if you played at home in Cleveland with only 12 completions and 131 yards, they'd be booing you there too. And why? Because you're a low-life dirtbag that fits better in a sex offender registry than on an NFL roster with a guaranteed contract. And that, my penis-waving friend, is why people don't like you. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get $25 in Rockies cash rewards when you spend $125 at Rockies. $25 to spend at Rockies. It's free money. You'll probably have a few holiday gifts to get at Rockies anyway, so get the offer and $25 for free at Rockies cash rewards. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny today with a high of 47, tomorrow rainy with a high of 55. It's 21 in downtown Springfield. I am exploding with delight. Mm. So always welcome back. A broadcast legend in his own right. Barry Krieger tomorrow on the show yeah. until he arrives... It's Scott Cohen. Ah, it's just me, baby. <laughs> just me. Here he is in all of his glory. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Uh, good. I was listening to the show earlier, and I just wanted to uh, just get this off my chest. I had three Christmas trees in my house uh, when I lived in Springfield. Three. Uh, why? Because. Tis the season, man. Had a big one. Had the big one in the yeah. living room. It's still the season with one. I, yeah, but it's like, I, I mean, I can relate to people who really get into it that way. Listen, I, I, I like Christmas as much as anybody, 
but I really dislike putting things away. Yeah, and that's, that's that my is problem. True. Yep, yeah. I, I get that. I mean, but, once Christmas was over, you know, you and your wife would probably spend what nine days trying to put everything back into a box. You, you went in, in in phases. You did this thing first, this <laughs> thing, then then this thing. But no, it's uh, I I totally understand that. Yeah. Well, all right. So I'm uh, now, I'm all I'm all good with it. Now that I got that off my chest. All right. A couple of things I want to talk about. No, there's a lot. First of all, there's a lot to talk about. Where do you want to start? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the we World can, Cup. All right, let's, let's start, with the, let's start right. with the World Cup. Okay. You know, I I think there are some people who are going to be disappointed with the fact that the the U.S. got you know buried by the Netherlands on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Did anyone think at the beginning of this that they were going to go to the championship game? I, I I don't think anybody really thought that honestly. No, I think the I thought really. Uh, you know, realistically, the hope was to get to where they did and and win that game, and then get to the get to the round of eight, and then everybody would have been would have been happy. Yeah, but, I, but, I think but that hope and realistic expectations well, are sometimes different. They are, but I mean, I think it was I think it was a realistic expectation for them to get that far. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, the, the Netherlands is they've got you know they've got World Cup history as long as your arm, and so. You know, when it gets when you get into the round of sixteen, it a lot of it's just like the NCAA tournament. You know, what 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 draw did what draw do you get? I mean, if they could have played, you know, uh, Korea or South uh, 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 South Korea or maybe Japan mm-hmm. or somebody like that, they might have had a shot. Dude, the Netherlands that's like that's like going up against the Green Bay Packers, the old Green Bay. Packers. All right, you know, let's let's hey, they won yesterday. That's all that matters. It, they did, but you know, but if you look at um, if if the United States had not given up that goal uh just before the half that absolutely just crushed them yeah. you, i mean you can't do that that's like something that happens in any sport where somebody you know scores a touchdown on the last play of the first half you can't do that you you can't do that against anybody and win so that was number one and then number two when you look at the size of the players on the netherlands those guys are basically nfl linebackers playing soccer yeah we were, we were like completely out out man physically and you know that's what happens because we don't soccer's not a our best athletes don't play soccer in the united states well you know and it's funny so i watched the game against the the netherlands i watched the argentina and and mexico before that you know I have no real compelling interest in soccer whatsoever not very few pe- very few of us do yeah I mean, it's it's cool to it's great. It, it's cool to watch when you're watching it, but yeah, you know, you never say, "Oh, I can't wait to watch the next one." No, you once, weren't. Wa- once U.S. walks out, you're like, "Yeah, okay, I think that's I'm it. good." That's see, it. We're, see in four years. See in four years. Exactly. And you weren't. And you weren't following the the games up to uh, qualifying for the World Cup, which is another uh, you know arduous uh, you know uh, task. You know what I need? You don't care. You, you know what I need in, in soccer? I need more commercial breaks. <laughs> I figured out what the problem was yeah, in, in soccer. It's like there's no commercial breaks. There's the not. Com- it just goes. A commercial break allows me to go to the bathroom and not miss a thing. It allows me to get somebody to drink or something to eat and then come back to the game and I've missed nothing. Right. In soccer, you walk away from the TV for a second. 
And you might miss the only important thing that happens in the whole game. Exactly. Yes. It's like it's with, uh, don't you have a TiVo? Don't you have a thing to rewind? He's not going to no, take the gonna... time to do that. No, I'm Why not. not? I'm, first of all, I'm not paying for that service. But it's like, it's like <laughs> you can't walk away. You can't walk away. I think and especially a guy of your advancing years, I mean, a bathroom breaks are essential. Oh, tell me about it. You Well, you know you're, you're slightly older than I well, am. I mean, you're probably going to the bathroom every four and a half seconds. Yeah, but I can, I can learn how to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's painful. <laughs> but no, you're. I think. I think the real uh, thing here is what you just said a moment ago. Um, we were just. We were just mesmerized by the World Cup run. I mean, you know, uh, bars were opening up at ten o'clock in the morning on Saturday to come and watch. You know, watch the game, and people went. And now it's like poof. Now that the United States is gone, yeah. and again, it's not everybody because there are there are pockets of soccer fanatics here in Western Mass. It's not for everybody, and if you know if you're if you're got strong European you know uh, roots, you're you're still dialed in. But for the majority of people, it, the World Cup is is over. Um, I want to talk about baseball here for a second. Uh, and there's actually two stories, but the one that probably really means the most is this whole Xander Bogarts situation. Haven't we, you know, I was going to bring that up this morning, obviously, if backs, this this because of everything else that's going on, you know, Bruins, Reds, or Bruins Celtics, mm-hmm. Patriots, NFL, the stuff we normally follow, Xander Bogarts is not coming back to the Red Sox. Which is surprising because the rhetoric they've had prior to the last it's month or so disgraceful has been saying oh he's going to be a priority to resign well they lowballed an offer to him he said come on guys this is you know i'm xander freaking bogart i'm xander freaking bogart i'm 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 either the best or the second best player on your team uh and you're not giving me what i would normally get anywhere else you're not giving market rate no, they're not giving a competitive offer, and so it's assumed that he that he's going to walk. Now we have seen this kind of thing before, where a great player leaves because the team underestimates his value significantly. I think this is the kind of the kind of player that could easily go to another team and become one of the best players in baseball. Oh, uh, without, like what? Without a question. Oh, like Mookie Betts. Like Mookie Betts, or. Or Roger Clemens, or right. anyone else they decided they didn't want to pay anymore. Right. It's like, you know, those are the kinds of situations where you scratch your head and say, you got a talent like this. Why are you not bending over backwards to keep them? Because in in recent years, they have completely changed their, their outlook and viewpoint on the way they're going to run their team. Um, you know, there was there was a time where, where they were paying those kind of salaries and a lot of a lot of them didn't work out but that's that's the that's the business of baseball you you take that you know you take that uh that chance uh jacob Degrom just signed a huge five-year contract with, with the texas rangers the mets weren't going to give him a fifth year someone else did the red sox are not their business model right now is not signing, paying that kind of money. They're not doing it. And the fact of the matter is, and I've said this before in the show, Fenway Park is not so much a baseball stadium anymore. It's a tourist attraction. They've got 37,000 people, seats that they have to fill. They fill them almost every day. They're making tons and tons and tons of money with advertising and TV contracts. And they're not, they are not paying athletes the way they 
they need to and they should and they're gonna they're gonna suck next year just like they did this past season well that's exactly what i was going to get at it's like if you're not if you're not willing to invest in a guy like that then you can forget them investing in anything coming in or anything that's about to go no, out. Like a Rafael Devers is going to be the next one, next guy gonna, to gonna, walk out the door. He's going to be the next one to walk out the door. And if you're going to sit there and think that they're going to keep Rafael Devers, they're, you know, why would you think that when they're letting Bogarts walk out the door? Because basically those are your two bookends you know, to take you for the next, you know, five, yeah. six, seven years of, of, of possible success. They're, they are not, they are no longer interested in, in in doing business that way anymore now the other baseball story i want to talk about was uh fred mcgriff being elected to the hall of fame by the contemporary era committee yep. which used i believe at one point had been the uh, used to be the veterans, veterans committee, committee and they there and they've um you know they changed the name but they've also changed the makeup of yes of the committee it's it's got former players executives a little bit of the media sprinkled in it's a good cross-section of uh, baseball minds. I have absolutely no problem with Fred McGriff going in. I think he was uh, you know, compl- a totally, totally good player. I have no problem with that. Almost 500 home runs, had all the offensive stats. He was a good, he's solid player. But, again, they deny Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. Yep. Schilling, you know, plenty of reasons to not want him in. But the other guys, you know, you look at the numbers, you look at the stats, and they're undeniable statistics. I don't know how they're going to reconcile a whole era of baseball that was stained with steroids. I mean, we've had this this conversation before, yep. but it's like, you know, if you're going to put 16 you know, players up for consideration and 12 of them may have had steroid implications in their career, then you're talking about years before you can legitimately put somebody into the Hall of Fame kind of. and say they deserve to be there or they don't deserve to be there. Right. I you know, I don't know what the right answer is, but to me it's like an it's an undeniable problem for the Hall of Fame to be looking at these players and say they don't deserve it because of this. Right. That the, you that era of baseball was was all, was all about uh, and and I think I think you know I mean, can we at least sit here, can you and I at least sit here and say that we know Barry Bonds did did uh, did steroids, PEDs. Yeah. We know Roger Clemens did. We know Rafael Palmer. We, we, we know that they did that. So, uh, yes, we agree on that? Yes. Okay. So, I think, I think the, the real, the thing that caught my eye is I read the names of the people on this um, contemporary committee, contemporary era committee, right? Yep. It, it, I mean, there were great, ba- great baseball names from different eras in the game, executives, media people. You know, Kurt Schilling's big thing was, you know, uh, people didn't like me because I'm a I'm an outspoken conservative Republican. That's why the media and they didn't like me. That's why I'm not in. It's like, well, in this case, now that you've graduated to this contemporary era, that's not the case anymore because it's a good cross section of people who are not media people. And seeing that they kept Clemens and Bonds out, they're it, they're not. I don't know whether they're getting in or not. I don't, I don't think they. I don't think they will. But I think if you're going to keep them out, you have to reconcile all the others that were implicated, and you have to consider that that was the part of the baseball culture. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't just anecdotally right. this guy or the other guy. Yep. 
you know, it's that the, the and baseball encouraged it. Of course, it did. In 1998, when when McGuire and Sosa had their big home run, uh, you know, race for the whole season, it me- it mesmerized the country. It brought baseball back from um, the strike era when they really lost a lot of their popularity. Major League Baseball knew it was going on, and they turned their back on it because it was at that point it was good for their game. They were making money and and making headlines again. So yeah. baseball's got to take some responsibility for that too. I know we're all but ignoring uh, uh, football, yep. but uh, the other big story is tonight is maybe the biggest game of the Bruins season uh, yeah. tonight against the uh, against Las Vegas yep who have the second best record in all the NHL only behind the Bruins who have now uh won 14 in a row right. at home it's it, just it's it's an unfathomable uh stat you sit here i thought i thought the streak had a uh, had a really good chance of coming to an end on saturday night they played they were playing colorado one of the top records in the league, right? Uh, Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, and they, they and, crushed them. And they f- crushed them. They beat them five to one. Not even, not even uh, close. Yeah. So, Every- but tonight, um, they're the best, best in the West. Uh, Las Vegas is, you know, uh, 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 Bruce Cassidy is is their coach, the former Bruin coach. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of storylines tonight, but. I you bet them until they lose backs. Yep. They've showed no signs of of faltering whatsoever. Well, it's a doggone shame we completely didn't ah, talk about no, the Patriots. So glad I participated. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we gave you a chance. I I was all set. Yeah, you're good. He's 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 he's, he's, wor- he's doing show prep right now for, yeah, right. for the next couple of hours. Oh, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> That's what you're supposed <laughs> yeah, to be doing. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, sounds good. All right, Scott Cohen at 7:25 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Football season is underway, and you can't wait to show your friends and relatives. It's 728 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and 47 today. Tomorrow, rainy and 55. It's 21 in downtown Springfield. Did you know that uh, the month of December often brings cold weather and sometimes snow? Whoa! Where did you hear that information? Well, I'm just saying that's uh, sometimes what happens during the month of December. So happy that uh, that was reported over the weekend. Over, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Eddie Munster? Chris something. Pazakis? Yes. See, it could be a lot worse nickname than Eddie Munster. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, we're, I could I could definitely do the Bukakis thing. Yeah, I no, no. I don't yeah. think you want to do but that. I think Eddie Munster fits perfectly. I, maybe that's maybe that's true. Uh, but yes, uh, I had frost on my windshield. That's 18 degrees for crying out loud. It's 18. 18 degrees. That's freaking cold. It is cold, but you know what? We're warm and toasty inside the studio. Uh, We have news coming up next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert. 732 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. It includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, Thanks, Bax. There is a traffic alert. Roadhog! Down on uh, I-84 westbound in West Hartford. I know uh, we usually don't do the Hartford traffic, but this one's pretty serious. State police said the crash involved a Connecticut transit bus, two tractor trailers, a postal truck, and two passenger vehicles. This happened around 5 a.m. between exits 43 and 44. The highway is shut down. Uh, I don't think it's since reopened yet. There's been no update on that. Troopers confirmed that no passengers were aboard the transit bus at the time of the collision. No other information is available at this time. Well, luckily, that's not a heavily traveled road, so 
be smooth sailing through West Hartford. <sighs> that was a joke. That's not really true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just making it up as I go along. I don't think anyone really has high expectations of real live information being passed on this show. Hard-hitting uh, factual news? <laughs> no. Uh, the 27-year-old man accused of killing a couple in their 70s in Marshfield was arrested in Florida on Friday. Corrections records from Miami-Dade County uh, show uh, Christopher Keeley, the Weymouth man accused in the alleged double homicide of Carl and Vicki Madison in their home, was booked by law enforcement shortly after 6 a.m. Saturday and is being jailed in the Turner-Guilford-Knight Correctional Center in Miami. Plymouth District Attorney Tim Cruz's uh, office confirmed the arrest in a statement detailing how police located Keeley around 8:20 p.m. Friday and took him into the custody. It took him into custody in Miami Beach. Uh, a hearing is expected to determine whether Keeley will waive rendition before returning to Massachusetts to face criminal charges. Rendition or extradition? I would have thought extradition was would have been the word to use, but I don't, I don't know I don't, these news stories. I don't know the big, laws. These big stories. Two people suffered life-threatening injuries Friday afternoon after the small plane they were in crashed on Cape Cod. The plane had only two occupants inside it when it crashed at Falmouth Air Park on Air Park Drive off of Fresh Pond Road. They were being treated for life-threatening injuries, according to the Falmouth Police. Online flight records indicate the plane, a fixed-wind, single-engine, 1980 Moody M20J aircraft... God, that thing's a piece of crap. ...left the Falmouth Air Park shortly after 11 a.m. Friday and landed at the Westfield Barnes Regional Airport around 12 p.m. It took off from Westfield to return to Falmouth shortly after 2.20 p.m. and uh, crashed around 3 p.m. Multiple emergency response agencies went to the crash scene to investigate the collision. Uh, we asked that the public stay clear from the area while this incident remains under investigation. Which... Is over by now, I'm sure. You yeah, probably. Well, but still, that's scary stuff. It is scary stuff. Uh, that's the thing about little planes. You know, you know, we're, we're pretty good with commercial airlines not having many crashes at all. Right. Uh, luckily, that doesn't happen very often. But the small planes, they're crashing all the time. I told you a couple of years ago, we were in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. We, were, uh, we, had, uh, we were on vacation. Yeah. Like in Charlestown, and uh, there was like one of those uh, those airplanes that that that, uh, that tows one of those big you know advertising banners behind it. Yeah, and the plane uh, was flying wicked low over Route uh, One, I think yeah. it is, and uh, dropped the sign oh. behind it because it was trying to unload all the weight, and the thing landed probably like you know twenty yards ahead of us. Like right there. on the beach, on a no on a highway. Oh, on, on a, a highway. highway. We were driving. We were just spent the day on the beach and we we're going to dinner. And it, and it turns out that plane wind up crashing. I don't remember where it crashed, but like the the news story later was that plane which had flown right over our head and dropped its sign and the uh, the apparatus which holds it to the plane dumped the whole thing right in front of us. Winds up crashing becomes a news story. Is that crazy? Screw, does that screw up your easy pass when you have to fly that low and, and I, you're paying all the tolls when you go through? I don't think it had a transponder over, over there. It could have. It, it was not a toll road. I remember uh, years ago down where my mother used to live in, in Florida, this Venice, uh, it was called Casperson Beach, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of people would go out there and you know do their morning jogs or whatever they got to do right well this guy's walking down there was an airport right nearby the very airport that uh, muhammad Atta trained at to fly oh, no the plane into the world trade center how about that isn't it uh, yeah oh, i got a lot of history down here 
Sure flight, do. There used to be a flight school over there. It's not open anymore. They closed it. Yeah. When they stopped teaching terrorists how to land. Yeah. No, actually, it wasn't. When somebody shows up to your flight school and says, I just want to fly. You mean take off, land, and everything? No, no. Just fly. That's when you should say, maybe I should call the authorities on this. Right. Thing. That's the same red flag you yeah. see. It's like, I, I need a massage at 11 o'clock at night. Yes. It's the same yes. kind of yeah. thing. Like, you know, you should have known. Yeah. You should have known. Very credible massage uh, people are not open past maybe 7 o'clock outside of an appointment. Maybe. Right. But anyway, uh, this guy is walking down the beach, just walking his dog down the beach, got his headphones on. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a p- airplane in distress because it can't land properly and uh, the engine's out. So there's no sound. There's not very much sound uh, to this plane flying right. through the air. This guy's walking his dog. The plane comes and hits the guy and kills him on the beach. Can you imagine that? What are the odds? I know. You met, you, 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 you're, you're retired. Yeah. You're down in Florida. You're in the retirement capital of the world. And you're just enjoying day four of retirement. I think I'm going to go for a walk with the dog on the beach. Okay, honey, we'll see you later. And then you find out. uh, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's say you're that guy on the beach, right? Yeah. And let's say you're not a resident, but you got like a a Verbo rental or an Airbnb. If you get hit by a plane on the beach, do you get a refund for the remaining time in which you were not enjoying the rental? I believe you do. Is there some sort yeah. of, uh, you know, refund that uh, could be transacted somehow? No, they'd probably charge you for the damage. Jesus. You know? They got you. That's the way they do it. They, they got, got you, you coming come and going on those things, don't they? All the time. A recent decision made by the Farmington Board of Education stirred up some controversy. The board voted to remove two Jewish holidays from the school calendar and will not be adding the South Asian holiday of Diwali. Parents are expected to bring up the recent changes at a school board meeting tonight. As it stood uh, today, Varmington's school calendar is different next year, and not everybody is happy with the decision. When it comes to deciding the school district's academic calendar, the Farmington Board of Education said it considers many factors. Uh, Chairman Liz Fitzsimmons from the Farmington Board of Education said operational impact, like faculty and staff absences, student absences, student absences, state and federal law, Issues related to the extension of school year, uh, those are all things that are factored into how many days we can take off during the school year. Another point of contention was the board's decision to reject Diwali, which is celebrated by South Asians. While Farmington's population has diversified substantially, one of the reasons the board gave for not accepting the holiday onto the school calendar was the board felt it would have to consider too many more observation requests. For example, it would have to consider three Kings Day and Muslim holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Hill, Newington, and South Windsor now recognize Diwali as a school holiday. Avon, our next-door neighbors, added it, said Siraji Kuntari of Farmington. So it's kind of uh, left people scratching their heads a little. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, I, uh, you know, I celebrate Diwali and have uh, for many, many years. Uh, you know, it is a glorious celebration, a festival of lights, if if you will, mm-hmm. and it's typically. Uh, celebrated over the course of five to six days so if you're giving the holiday are you then giving people uh, the right to take five and or six days off well to celebrate this glorious uh, dharmic uh, religious holiday well david warren who's the ceo of the hartford jewish federation said they should be allowed to take off and welcome to take those days off with every accommodation meaning not be penalized whether an employee or student i agree with that mm-hmm. i agree 
I mean, think about, uh, you know, all the holidays that we have here that are Christian-based, you know, like Good Friday. Christmas, everybody gets those off. Christmas, uh, Easter. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't get Easter off. We get the Good Friday off. That's We don't, you know, you and I don't get Good Friday off. No, that's kind of a weird thing, too. That yeah. We only, it's like afternoon time. Well, People I got to tell go you. home. I got to tell you, uh, I would be more than happy to take Good Friday off. Yeah. I think the problem is you and I would have to convince the boss that we are celebrating, like, uh, say, like the uh, Stations of the Cross at 6 o'clock in the morning. We don't have to do that. We can just, uh, we can eat fish. We can have a fish fry on Good Friday. I'd like to see someone bring some fish over here. Isn't that what they did when Jesus died on the cross? They had a big fish fry afterwards? Actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> the uh, the Last Supper was fish and chips and, uh, you know, between the bread and the wine, they also passed all the tartar sauce. That's how that was made. That's, this is, this that's is, my understanding. This is my fish sauce. Please take it and eat it. Yeah. And enjoy it as a yeah. condiment on your, uh, your fish fry Fridays. Hey, Judas, why are you hogging all the tartar sauce? Listen, you invited me out to dinner. You know what? I'm going to get you one of these days. <laughs> I am going to get yeah. you, my friend. Peter ordered extra uh, extra French fries. What was denied? Sorry. We don't have any left. Excuse me. I believe I ordered fries. Well, they were at the Red Robin. It was in a bottomless fries. <laughs> I don't believe it was at a Red Robin. They didn't have the Last Supper at the Red Robin? No. I believe Jesus said at the end, I- yum. <laughs> This is my body. Yeah. Please take it and eat it. Yum. I would have thought it'd be like at a, at a Long John Silver's or a, or a Red Lobster, and they all get to wear those paper hats. Yeah, there yeah, you go. There uh-huh. you go. Or a Burger King, where they had the king. You know, he was a king. <laughs> he had the king hat. Uh, if you if you asked a shoplifting expert, the dumbest time to steal something is probably when there's a you know cop right in the store. I'm not an expert on anything. I'm just, you know, yeah, you know, throwing it out there. You like to dabble. It's even worse when the store is filled with police officers. A man in Florida named Brad was arrested for allegedly trying to steal from a Walmart while the story was a hope was hosting a shop with a cop event. And that's the day you decide to start lifting things out the store? Yeah. There were around 40 cops shopping with kids in the Walmart at the time, including the county sheriff. Not surprisingly, he had drug paraphernalia on him at the time, including a meth pipe. It's unclear what he was trying to steal, but in addition to drugs, he had some Versace cologne on him. Ooh, the good stuff. He smelled good. They haven't uh, said what charges he's facing. Is being an idiot uh, a good charge? I don't know if you can get charged with that. Well, you should. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like when they have the Chicopee Walmart thing with the cop on top. Oh, yeah. With the cop on top. Mm-hmm. That's the best time to steal something because the cops are on top. He's not going to come, the, come down from the roof to start chasing you in a parking yeah, that's lot. That's a whole elaborate thing. Like you, they're, they're, you can't just get down easily unless you got the you know some guy who's got really strong legs that well, can jump off the top of the roof. But I doubt that's happening. If it's my understanding is there's enough calls at that particular Walmart location where they mm-hmm. get co- cops on top and below. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they have to. Oh, is that what it is? Hey, everybody, look at the cop on top. And then you run out because you're distracted by the cop on top. Look at my new TV. Yeah, hey, I, just, hey. I just stole some shoes. Oh, bye, cop on top. Bye. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 47 tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. 
Right now in downtown Springfield, it's 21 degrees. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 751, and Thin Lizzy with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 47 today, rainy and 55 tomorrow. It's 22 in downtown Springfield. You know, you missed a, a single second of the Bax and Nagel show. Uh, you can always check out the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest, Dirty Walter Kibbe from the band Fishbone, and also his other project, Year of the Dragon. Really cool interview. Uh, from an absolute legend, uh, Walter Kibbe, on uh, rock102.com. Sweet. There you go. Are you ready? I am ready. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Telling you, over the weekend, I uh, watched Cats. I watched five minutes of Cats. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I I was telling you, I grew up, uh, you know, in the 80s in New Jersey. That's mm-hmm. where I lived as a kid, and the, and the commercials were nonstop for Cats, the musical. It was the biggest show there At was the back Winter then. Garden Theater, Cats, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then uh, they also used to do uh, public service announcements, the Cats. Okay. The Cats used to do the The PSA. Cats themselves. Yeah. And then uh, this, this is the one, uh, this is the Cats public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Transportation about strapping your kid into a child seat. All right. An accident. An accident. An accident. The humans had an accident. There was a child in the car. A child. A child? A child? Cats have nine lives. Children only one. Help them live that life. Buckle them into a car seat. No one wants a child to become a memory. Memory. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Your child's life is safe in your hands. Oh, my God. Make sure you take advice from cats. How dramatic and maudlin is that? Well, it was a, it got the point across. All oh, right, cats do have nine lives, and children do only have one. I better strap that kid into a car right. seat. But here's the thing: if I'm, uh, let's say I'm, uh, uh, let's say I'm in the '80s, right? Yeah. And I see this commercial, and I see it over and over again. My first instinct would not be, "Am I strapping my kid in correctly?" My first instinct instinct would be, "I'm going to wrap my own car around a tree." So I never have to listen to this again. Ever. Ever. You can knock a cat out of the tree by hitting it. Well, then. Cats up in the tree. (laughs) Uh, Clip number two, continuing with an animal theme. Yes. I think we'll do uh, two animal stories in one show. What is is this, amateur hour? A family's doorbell camera filmed a a coyote trying to drag away their two-year-old daughter in their front yard. Luckily, the dad is nearby, and he grabs the girl and chases the coyote away. This is uh, Woodland Hills, California. The sounds are horrifying enough to watch yeah. the video and watch the coyote. Like, the guy's doing something in his car. They're out in the front yard. Right. The guy's doing something in the car, getting something out. The kid is standing there in the front yard, and all of a sudden you see this coyote start, like, nipping at the kid, and then the guy running across the thing, and then he throws something at it. I don't know if he... Th- I don't, know if he th- I don't know what he threw at the kite. Like a coyote, like a coyote uh, a, a yeah. version stick or something? Yeah. And right. then uh, and then he went, meep, meep, and then he ran away with the kid. And the coyotes just stand there going, right. what happened? And then a the boulder came and uh, jumped on him, and then he was dead. Which is funny, because usually coyotes are a super genius. Yeah, that's right. 
A uh, clip number three, a raccoon, another animal story. Uh, what is this, three in a row? Yeah, attacked a five-year-old girl on her front porch and latched onto her leg. Her mother had to come out and grab the raccoon by its neck and toss it into the yard. This happened in uh, Ashford, Connecticut. Yeah, it's a rabid raccoon. <laughs> this is the most obnoxious. You now hear this I've ever heard. Well, uh, yeah, we we like to get to the bottom of it. No, that. hey, listen, you don't have to um, tell me. But uh, yeah, so this lady, I'm watching this video. So the kid is being attacked by the raccoon. It's the raccoon is just yeah. like, you know biting at the kid's leg. The mom comes out. Grabs the raccoon by its neck, Jesus, and then holds it out and tells the kid, "Get inside." You could hear her saying, "Get inside," and Man. then she's yelling. It's a rabid raccoon. She's probably yelling to a neighbor or something. And then the raccoon starts attacking her. Raccoons are not get a, get it off her. They're adorable, but they're nothing to be screwing around with. They're adorable, but you you would yeah you wouldn't want to uh, you know invite them in for tea. No, they're not like that. No sort. Uh, clip number four, a realtor in Indiana called in a bomb scare when they noticed what looked like an explosive in a vacant home they were about to show. But apparently it was just a novelty alarm clock that looked like a bomb. Here is the home's former occupant, Hannah Gibson, and the neighbor, Philip Milton, talking about what caused all the chaos. All of this over a toy. I get a text from my cousin who's like, hey, can you get a hold of your mom or dad? Because there's a bomb squad at your house. There was a novelty toy in the house a clock that looked like dynamite it looks looks exactly like a bomb like a tnt bomb and it just has like in the back it has like a little space where you can put like batteries and stuff in it and it's an alarm clock i would love to have one of those yeah that actually sounds kind of fun yeah intimidation for when people come over is that real i don't know is it? Remember back in the 70s, or maybe you don't, they had these radios that the, actually, the radio slash eight-track tape players. Yeah. And it looked like one of those uh, dynamite detonators with the plunger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you plunged it down, and all of a sudden the music would start. And it looked like you are either going to set off a bunch of TNT somewhere, or you were going to be playing Neil Diamond's Longfellow Serenade on an eight-track. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh? I would like to have one of those. No kidding. Yeah. They, they were badass. I remember my uh, my sister and uh, my brother-in-law had a uh, a phone back in the 80s. It was, a, it was a phone that was a razor. It was a big giant. It looked like a, like you were. It was it was a phone for your bathroom. Okay. And it looked like a razor. And it, and you put it up to your ear, and it looked like you were like a, this oversized razor. But you, you weren't actually shaving with it. No, and it had the it had it was a touch tone phone, which fancy. Uh, but it was a touch tone phone that did the rotary dial sound. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. Yes. It didn't have the touch tone sound. It had the like it was dialing a Man, phone. You're, you're 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 making like sound effects from the from the from the long begotten years of, of yesteryear. That was one one one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that was my number one one one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it had the it had the yeah. I, what was it? Technology just wasn't hadn't reached that point yet that we still had the touch tone, but it wasn't a touch tone. It was a touch I've, dial. I, it, we always for years we had the rotary dial, and uh, I don't know if a kid would even know what to do with that these days. But but I remember. Hearing that, touch tone would have like the rotary dial background before it connected yeah. the call. Wait, 
kid, didn't you see that video a few years ago where they had the phone and they were trying and they were letting these two kids like hey, go ahead and uh, figure this out and yeah. the kids were trying to figure out how to how to do it and it just reminded me of those aliens on Sesame Street that were trying to ooh nope 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 and then the, and then the phone rings and he goes like oh phone. Rest in peace, Bob McGrath. I think he was the voice of that, wasn't he? I don't know. And uh, that is now here. This it is uh, seven fifty nine with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. Every single game of which I into Springfield's classic rock. It's eight thirteen and you two with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Sunny and a high of forty eight today. Rainy and a high of fifty five tomorrow. It's twenty two right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Barry Krieger will be here. Uh, another episode of uh, What's Bothering Barry. And then uh, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. Some holiday concerts going on. She's going to talk about that. Probably Brad Knights, too. Uh, what was your dream job? Did you always picture yourself doing this? <sighs> or... <clears throat> yeah, I kind of thought of uh, that this was probably where I would land. You would land in the somewhere in the entertainment business. Right? No, no. Stuck in a dead-end job forever, waiting and counting the days down until I could finally get out of it. Oh, is that how it is? Yes. Uh, is that yeah. why you do that whole countdown to retirement thing? Well, I have an app that says I have, uh, hold on, I have exact, well, I'll, I'll update you. Uh, 3,205 days, 15 hours, 46 minutes, and 10 seconds. Uh, all right. There you go. All right, then. If you've been waiting for that dream job to pop up on LinkedIn, uh, this is not it. But it does pay well. New York City is looking for a new rat czar to deal with its never-ending rodent, rodent issue. You ready for the uh, description of this? Sure. It says you have to be highly motivated and, uh, quote, somewhat bloodthirsty, have a killer instinct and a swashbuckling attitude, and be up for the, quote, wholesale, wholesale slaughter of rats. You okay. Would, you would be the director of rodent mitigation, so it's a leadership role, and it pays up to $170,000 a year. What? But, but it's New York City. One hundred seventy grand in New York City, uh, that's like, what, six months worth of rent? I suppose. Uh, on top of having a lust for blood, they also want someone with a background in project management and urban planning. Always wanted to be a city planner. <laughs> I thought you wanted to be a banker. No, no, no. I always wanted to be a city planner. Oh. Uh, anyway, it uh, requires that a, a bachelor's degree, and you have to live in New York for three months before you apply. Don't expect to be pushing papers all around all day, though. Whoever they hire will have to, quote, lead from the front using hands-on techniques to exterminate rodents with authority and efficiency. You will need to be proficient in Microsoft Word and Excel. You have to document how many kills you have. Yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of a hell of a job there to have to be killing things. Yeah, that's your job is to kill rats all day long. Well, you've been on the subway, right, in New York? Yeah. You ever been like um, <clears throat> say like a, like in a tunnel where there's just enough light to see things moving? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rats. And some of those rats, you know, when they've got room to move and room to feed, yeah. get very, very large. Yes. Like big rats. Like they're the, the size of of uh, house cats. I, don't know if I saw a video uh, a couple of years ago of a rat in New York City up going up a su stair subway staircase mm -hmm. with a big giant piece of pizza in its mouth. Like it was just like the pizza <laughs> looked like it was moving. It was like the pizza was alive. Right. It wasn't the, the rat moving it. Uh, but these things are nasty. I, I would not want to be, first of all, rodents in general 
freak me out. Yeah. I don't like mice. I don't like snakes. I don't like spiders and snakes. You I know, don't like any of that stuff. I don't like uh I don't like dead stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like once something is dead, I don't like touching it. I don't like looking at it. I don't like uh, removing it. Like I don't know what it is. There's something about uh, it. in my house, I've got a door. It's a glass door. Okay? It's in the backyard. At least 10 times during the summertime, a bird will attempt to fly through it. Now, glass, I don't know if you're aware of this, can be a very hard surface. So if you're a bird uh, hitting a glass full bore, you're going to crush a little bird's skull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oftentimes, I may have to remove a bird or two uh, every summer, and, uh, and I don't like picking up dead stuff. You think the birds are sitting there going, you know what? You think it's open yet? You know, we had uh, we had uh, uh, birdie die last year. We had uh, <laughs> what's another name for a bird? Uh, I don't. I, cockatoo. I don't, yeah, had, right. Uh, yeah, we had yeah. cockatoo there. He, well, that uh, was his nickname. Yeah, and you don't know. I don't know why. Why? But uh, he's dead. You think I can make it? Yeah, go ahead, Bob. You yeah. can go ahead and do it. Yeah, and then and he then dives he s- into it and he kills himself. Sm- you know, snaps its little birdie yeah. sc- uh, you know, your neck on the way in on, on the way into getting into the door. Yeah, and then you know I'd have to go and and remove it. Well, you know, you don't know what kind of nasty, uh, deadly diseases a bird have. I, mean, I could get bird flu or you know the avian flu or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I highly doubt that. But go ahead. Okay, so I take a shovel, right, mm-hmm. and I I scoop up the bird and mm-hmm. I can't even look at it because it makes me want to throw up. I yeah. I can't even. Can't even stare at its little twisted, mangled body, and then I just you know chuck him into the woods because that's where you're supposed to yeah you know you know feed another animal by you know creating you know the 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 food chain. But I find it disgusting. And if it's a, if it's an animal other than a bird like a raccoon or a, a, a you know squirrel, ugh, I can't deal with that stuff. I had to uh, I had to remove a dead skunk from my backyard. You uh, want to talk about disgusting? My yeah. dog killed it. It was a baby skunk. Uh huh. Well, a young skunk. I don't know about baby, but it was a young skunk. And uh, I had I was outside with the kids, and I and I could smell it before I could see it. Sure. And I was and I hear the jingling of the dog's collar going. He got, got into, into it. something, right? So we I take the kids inside. I go into the back of the house. This is my old house. I go in the back of the house and I look out the window and watch my dog having a golden retriever having a standoff with a little baby skunk, and finally the. My dog just grabs his mouth around its neck and and rips it to shreds. Right. So there was not only uh, skunk uh, stuff on the dog, but it was all over the yard. It was uh, it was disgusting. And oh then I had God. to, you know, obviously I want to get rid of the dead skunk, so I had to go out there with a shovel and pick it up. It was probably one of the worst smelling things I ever had to remove from. Oh, my it's property. terrible. Yeah. That's a, that. That's an awful it's a thing. tragedy. It's a it's a tragedy. Which makes it worse is as as much as you want to clean the area of the remnant smell of a skunk. Yeah, you still got a dog that smells to high hell. Yeah, and I don't care what anybody says. It ain't any fun to clean a dog that's just no. been sprayed. And you know what? You can give me your remedies all day long. My dog got sprayed twice, and I tried all of the ins and outs. Of, mm-hmm. You're gonna get to. Uh, peroxide and you know all this other crap and i wind up buying all this crap and none of it really works you can mask the smell for a while but that's like oil that comes out of the skunk and it gets embedded into their skin yeah it's uh it's disgusting it's awful 
Yeah. You, you literally have to wash them like 10 times. But uh, what was like the worst job that you had that you would never, ever go do again? <clears throat> telemarketing. You were a telemarketer? I was a telemarketer. For how long? <sighs> a good year. A good, really? a, a good year. Um, no, actually, I had a couple of telemarketing jobs. Um, but the one that was the worst yeah. was um, for a mortgage broker. So what you would do is you would call these people who had just refinanced their homes with these outrageously bad loans mm-hmm. uh, because all that information was public record at your registry of deeds. So these brokers would go, they'd go to the registry of deeds all over the state, and they'd uh, compile all these phone numbers of people who had who had refinanced their homes. Right. It was my job to call them Ugh. and tell them how badly they got screwed and how much better we could do for them. And the first reaction every time I called is, how'd you get this information? This is before yeah. you had like the, the do not call list yeah. oh. and, uh, and all this stuff. And... Uh, and I was good at it. I'll be honest. I, every time I, the, the the pay was really good. Like if you if they closed the deal, you got like a hundred bucks. I you know, as the telemarketer that set up the appointment, and they would and they would close, and if they wound up uh, getting it, I get a hundred bucks extra. Yeah. Well, there's sometimes I get like a, you know, they they close like ten fifteen things in a in a month. So you got fifteen hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred bucks on top of the hourly wage. So it was it was a good deal. But you literally had to argue with people who were in like the yeah. worst possible financial situations you've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. See, doesn't that make you feel like a scumbag when you're to- doing that stuff? Totally exploited. That's why, like, I can't understand. I mean, I get it that people like need jobs and things like that, but like the people that are actually calling, you know, obviously there are there's a level of scam mm-hmm. uh, going on, but there's still probably legitimate telemarketers out there probably trying to call you and sell you something like life insurance or whatever. And it's like in this day and age, yeah. it's like how do you feel good about yourself? Because the only people that are falling for that are probably people who are vulnerable. The only way I felt the good about it is when I got that extra check for fifteen hundred dollars, and at that point, I didn't feel so bad about the bad financial situation of everybody else. Yeah, you didn't care that you put somebody into a reverse mortgage that they'll never get out of debt no, with. No, didn't, yeah. didn't care that someone who's been you know filed for bankruptcy nine times is going to finally get a loan for thirty percent interest my- as long as I got my. As long as I got my commission. Right, as long as you got yours, yours, your everything's okay. What about you? Uh, a dishwasher. Oh, yeah. That was like my first job. That's I was pretty like, gross. I was, for, at first, I was like 12 years old, and I worked in this restaurant, uh, obviously illegally, for $3 or three fifty an hour. It was some ridiculous amount of money. And when I say ridiculous amount of money, I mean ridiculously low amount of money. <laughs> but I, I think I told you this. My dad would sit at the bar while I would uh, finish up doing the dishes for the night at this restaurant and then drive me home half crocked. Uh, you know, right. uh, good father-son times. Good bonding. Together. But then I, uh, like, you know, that's the experience that I had. So I, uh, I graduated to a, a better dishwashing job at the Sherwood Inn in Skinny Atlas, New York. And it was this beautiful... Skinny Atlas is like this bougie uh, town with all these rich people in it and everything, and it's right. one of the Finger Lakes. And this inn had been there since like the 1800s, and uh, you know the restaurant was like a four star restaurant, and uh, it was the most disgusting job ever. <laughs> and it was probably maybe like a good month after I was working there. Yeah, and they said, well, you know what, we got to clean, we got to clean underneath. <laughs> 
the the whole dishwashing area. Well, they had this trap that caught like all the food, and at the end of the night, you'd take the trap and you'd dump it into the into the trash can. Right. Well, they took the trap out and they picked it up underneath, and there was actual maggots growing underneath. <laughs> The thing at this, at this, you know, this uh, four-star restaurant, uh, yeah. you know, with all these, uh, you know, these uh, uppity people going through, and I'm like, man, if you rich silver spoons only knew the kind of crap that's going on back here, it's absolutely disgusting. It's uh, 8:25 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. 8:33 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rum Hyundai. Rent the all-new Ionic Five for 28 days. Includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Water main breaking news. A water main break on Montgomery Street in Chicopee is causing bus delays and getting students to school this morning. A 16-inch water main break occurred around 2 a.m. and may take all the way up until 11 a.m. to repair. Now, for many people, this sounds like a major headache in the, uh, the city of Chicopee. Mm-hmm. But for every student that is involved in delayed busing, this is the greatest day of their lives. Absolutely. Officials uh, said the broken water main was due to age, not cold temperatures. You even think about how like old the infrastructure is under the street. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you Some something. Some of these pipes are from like the 1800s. Years ago. Yeah. Years ago, they were talking about uh, you know remodeling the, the water infrastructure of the city of Springfield because it, ha- because it was installed in 1900. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, they thought it was going to take millions of dollars. I don't even know if they ever did that job. I don't think they did either. I think we're still uh, dealing with a, a water infrastructure that's probably older than Bob McGrath. Oh, that's really old. It's old. According to the uh, Chicopee Public Schools, the following schools are directly affected. Uh, Chicopee Comp, Bellamy Middle School, Lambert Lavoie Elementary School, and schools that are collaterally affected uh, due to the bus delays are uh, Barry Elementary. They didn't name a school after Barry Krieger. They should. Belcher uh, Elementary. They named a school after somebody who burps. They should. Uh, Bowie Elementary. They named a school after David Bowie. Well, they should. A Fairview Elementary School. They named a school after a view that's fair looking. <laughs> and Stryber <laughs> Elementary School. Why do they name a school after somebody who does? I don't even know who that is. Uh, I believe uh, late comedian Avery Schreiber. No, 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 you're thinking of the, uh, the the gal that was married to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, no, that's Maria Schreiber. You're thinking of, uh, I don't even know if it was another Schreiber. Uh, you don't have to go with Schreiber, you go with Maria. It's that song they sing at Christmas about the, uh, the Virgin Mary. No, no, that's Ave Maria. You're thinking of that, uh, I don't know. I can't go anywhere. You see what I'm that. saying? Yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a lost cause. Have you been listening to Christmas music lately? Uh, yeah, I have. No, I haven't, actually. I uh, It was three days after Thanksgiving. You know, they have that thing going where uh, how long does it take before you hear Wham's Last Christmas? Mm-hmm. Three days. Three days into Christmas music, starting from after Thanksgiving. That's as long as it took you? That's as long as it took me. It was right on the... Uh, right on the, uh, the holiday music channel and spotify that's like a, a real thing right that uh, that last christmas thing yeah it's how long you can go without hearing lamb's yeah. last christmas during the christmas season yeah well it's i gotta tell you, it is one of my least favorite i would never want to impose that song on an unsuspecting populace oh god Whew. 
You know, these kids are obsessed with George Michael lately. Are they really? Yeah, that, uh, what's that song? Uh, Careless Whisper. Oh, that's it's a like good big one. Big on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Uh, here we go. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, you gave it away. incredible piece of crap it really is but you know what um there are others that are worse uh the christmas shoes are uh, that's like the one i hate the most that's a third but so is uh elmo and patsy uh, yeah. grandma got run over by a reindeer i true story this goes back a good 25 years maybe yeah. even longer had a program director that wanted to start you know infiltrating the playlists with christmas. holiday classics yeah and then uh took me to task because i refused to play elmo and patsy on the radio she's like you didn't play elmo and patsy it's like dude the audience deserves better than this and he <clears throat> he really wanted to get into an argument over you know the, the 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 benefits of elmo and patsy i said listen we could play the bruce springsteen songs we could play uh, do you know it's christmas but it's gonna take a gun straight to my head for me for me to have to play elmo and patsy but you had to do it right i didn't do it you didn't do it i didn't do it See, if I was told to do something by a boss, I would do it. It's probably the closest they ever get uh, to getting fired from this place. For not playing Elmo and Patsy. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Imagine. Can you imagine the kind of publicity I would have gotten had I been fired for refusing to play? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Listen. Uh, I did you a favor. I can deal with that. I, it's that Christmas shoes song that drives me nuts. But the kid's standing in line waiting to get shoes for his mother who's going to meet Jesus tonight. Mm -hmm. He's got to get her these shoes so the... Uh, the dumb redneck who's singing the song gets duped by the kid and gives him the money for the shoes. I bet you that kid ran around the corner and sold those shoes mm. uh, at a discount price. Who was the uh, the person that sang that song? I don't know. It's uh, It was one of those yeah, it's Christmas shoes. Ugh. Is this it? Caleb and Kelsey? I, I got I uh, John it. McNichol. I think it's John McNichol was the original song. Here we go. It was almost Christmas time. There I stood in another line. Yeah, I'm over it already. Yeah. I'm over it already. Trying to even, buy I... that last gift or two. Not really in the Christmas mood. Standing right in front of me was a little boy waiting anxiously, pacing around like little boys do. <sighs> and in his hands, he held a pair of shoes. His clothes were worn and old. He was dirty from head to toe. And when it came time, uh, it came time to pay, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe what I heard him say. Sir, I want to buy these shoes for my mama. Please. It's Christmas Eve and these shoes are just her size. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy said there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for a while, and I know these shoes would make her smile. And I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. Oh, my God. What a horrible That's song. terrible. This is why I'm thinking uh, this whole thing was a setup by the kid. <laughs> Because this guy feels bad, and yeah. he's like, you know what, kid, don't worry about it. Here's the money for the shoes. Now this kid's got a free pair of shoes that your mother's going to wear once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe that he probably ran around the corner and sold them. It doesn't seem right, though. <clears throat> it doesn't seem right. Yeah. You know, uh, the uh, the one that I always loved, Yeah, and it's not a, even a song, but I love the Christmas classics by the Ray Conniff Singers. Oh, I love those. Do you know Ray Conniff is from Massachusetts? Where in Massachusetts? Attleboro. Oh. Yeah. Real close by. Oh, Santa Claus is coming round. He's coming 
I know this is even like schmaltzy pablum, but you know what? This is the music that really sends me back to my youth. Oh, is this the one? Well, anything by Ray Conniff. Well, because most parents... Uh, I, I'm kind of from your era, too, because, of, you know, my siblings are about yeah. the same age as you are, and we had all these albums. We had Mitch Miller. We had uh, mm-hmm. Ray Conniff. My grand, my grandfather had all the Ray Conniff. My uncle had the Ray Conniff. I don't think my parents did. Man, they'd play this, and I was like, this is, this is the holidays right here, man. This is it. This is the one. Anyway. But it is better than Christmas shoes. You got to admit, this was uh, this was the one in our house. This was the uh, the Bing Crosby Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. Mother, mother, everybody's starving. Mother, mother, let's see. Hold your horses, got a million courses, and I'm fixing the treats. Jeremiah, go and help your mother. Jane and Jonah, you too. Hezekiah, go and get your brother. It's a square dance. Yeah. Yeah. The funny part about it is, is Bing would sing this to his actual kids. And then beat the crap just before beating them to death. Right. See, he goes into this whole, like, uh, here we go. Here we go. Here's where and I start beating I, you. Everybody sit and bow your heads. We'll all say grace and then break bread. Put your napkin on your lap. I'll jet pour cider from the top. Oh, don't that turkey look divine? Well, promenade it down the line. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like that that Bugs Bunny uh, square dancing yes, cartoon. Yes, it does. Where, it does, where yeah. the abuse is about to start. Well, the square dancing was very popular back in the 1950s. So is beating your children, too. I guess that was a prerequisite to running a Christmas album. Uh, Officials said a female passenger tried bringing a loaded gun through airport to security at Bradley International Airport in Windsor Locks last week. Was that a mistake? Was I not supposed to do that? TSA officials stopped her before she boarded a plane. Uh, During a security screening on Wednesday afternoon, TSA officials detected a gun in the woman's fanny pack and and subsequently called police... Uh, Connecticut State Police. State Police found a loaded 9mm firearm in her bag with a bullet in the chamber, and the woman was arrested after questioning on a state charge for circumventing security. It's not a holster. It's a fanny pack. Again, what is it with these people who don't get the memo? You know, the whole, uh, oh, I forgot it was in the fanny pack. You know, there's only so much room in the fanny pack. Probably enough room for, like, a wallet, keys, uh, lip balm, and that's about it. Then you're going to put a gun in there and expect that you're going to be able to get on a plane with it? I don't understand why people are that stupid. It's it's all the time. This is what happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's not like air travel is a new phenomenon. They've, they've never really allowed guns as a carry-on, ever. Never. Never, ever. Uh, last week, the Sheriff's Department in Rockdale County, Georgia, just east of Atlanta, posted a list of the 10 most wanted criminals they've been trying to track down. And in the comments, some guy who wasn't on the list wrote, how about me? His name is Christopher Spaulding, and it turned out he was uh, wanted on two parole violations. He didn't make the list because the charges weren't that serious. Mm. The Sheriff's Office replied to his comment and said, you are correct. You have two warrants. We are on the way. They posted a shot of him in custody on Thursday and thanked him for arresting or assisting in his own arrest. You don't think they can find you when you comment on the post? 
I don't think it's hard to find anybody these days. There was a there was a guy that did this a few years ago. Oh, come and get me. He like robbed a bank or yeah. something. And then they found him because they pinged his cell phone from where he posted the Facebook post. It's they'll like, they'll never find me. People are dumb. Yes, they are, Steve. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be sunny with a high of 47. Oh, the sweet sounds of uh, Ray Conniff Jr. Mm-hmm. What happened to Ray Conniff Sr.? That's what I'd like to know. It'll be sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. It's 25 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news. On Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Cheryl's cat never leaves her lap. Did Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.50 in Billy Squire with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny uh, today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. It is 28 right now in downtown Springfield. I don't know if you've uh, if you've seen this this story, but you know, to me, it is maybe the most uh, disruptive uh, chain of events I've, I've heard of in weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> Joey Chestnut, who has been on this show, in yeah. the studio, mm-hmm. numbers of times. Yep. Uh, the greatest competitive eating champion in the history of food lost the title of the St. Elmo Shrimp Cocktail Eating Competition, which he has won for eight straight years. Oh, no. Say it ain't so. Uh, Joey lost to Jeff Esper who ate 16 pounds, 6 ounces of shrimp cocktail in 8 minutes. Hey, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp. Yeah, well, the jerk store called, and they're running all out of you. Yeah? Well, I had sex with your wife. His wife just died. His wife's in a coma. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, 16 pounds, 6.4 ounces. Joey Chestnut Damn. came in fourth. What? I mean, this is this is three like other a, people beat him. Yes, this this is uh, a complete uh, <laughs> disruption of the of the power dynamics of competitive eating. Joey Chestnut, who has to this day the world record for shrimp cocktail eating, only was able to pack down ten pounds nine point six ounces, which is an outrage. Which makes me think either he's lost his edge. Or there's something wrong with the guy. Yeah, I think he's losing his edge. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I mean he had. This is a young man's game. This isn't. Uh, <sighs> this isn't something that uh, for for the older folks. You gotta think about all the. You know, you're gonna get cholesterol checks now. Oh, I know. I know. There's the mercury count. I get mm-hmm. it. I totally understand it. But he uh, has the world record set in 2018, where he knocked down 18 pounds. Nine point six ounces of shrimp cocktail. What's what did? What was the rules? Did we rem, did we remember what the rules were? Like how long after when you win? Let's say you win the competition. Yeah, that you don't um, refund the meal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How long do you have? Like a like a is there like a time limit? Like oh, I well, think it has to be within forty minutes. Uh, if you throw up within forty minutes after this contest over, you don't get to be the champion. I don't know if they uh, if they will do that. I think once the eight minutes is up, eight minutes is up. If you if you uh, throw up in minute nine or ten, I don't think it matters. A, a champion has been crowned, yeah. and I'm and, and I'm just saying. You know, it's it's hard to imagine knocking down 16 pounds of shrimp with the taste prices of shrimp. I mean, really, you're talking about, 
you know, a very expensive uh, shrimp cocktail. I mean, you know, some restaurants charge you 20 bucks for four shrimp. Yeah, how big were these things? It didn't say how big they were. It just says, you know, how many pounds were devoured in eight minutes. Well, yeah, but I mean, you could eat like a, I guess pound is a pound, depending, no matter if you get the 16 to 20 count or the 25 to 34 count. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's still the same, but, right? Yes. But to, but, but to be six pounds off the off the uh, off the pace yeah and you have won every year since the inception of the saint elmo shrimp eating contest i think sometimes you give up <sighs> how much food can you possibly keep shoving down your throat well, you're not even enjoying it you're you're just you're just doing it to see how much food you can fit down your 16 pounds of shrimp mhm listen i can eat a lot but i can't eat 16 pounds of anything in any setting uh, yeah, no, I, I can, I can see that, but it's like, I mean, think about it. Guys like you and I overeat. That's our problem. Yeah. We overeat food and we overeat things that, you know, I could sit down at a, uh, go to that buffet in Rhode Island. Yeah. With the, with the charge you a hundred and something dollars. The and Nordic can, Lodge. The Nordic Lodge where you can have as many lobsters as you want. It says so right here on the card. You can have as many lobsters as you want. You only got a two hour time limit. And then, but they have all this other delicious food there too. It's yeah. like your body gets to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. See, the, the difference is, could I eat ten pounds of shrimp? Maybe as long as there's no time limit. If if you say, yeah, you can you can eat uh, ten pounds of shrimp, I'm gonna need all day to do it. But when uh, when you're uh, when it's a race against the clock, eight minutes, I don't even know if you enjoy it. Right. And again, at that at those prices, an outrage. Anyway, I hope uh, Joey's able to pick up the pieces and uh, get back on the on the eating on the eating track. Wouldn't it be weird if he ate himself to death? I think he's already on his way. Yeah, to doing that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's eight fifty six at Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. This Rock One Hundred Two Springfield's classic rock. It's nine ten. And the Who with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 55. 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Barry Krieger tomorrow. And uh, also uh, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. A star-studded show for tomorrow. Yeah, and probably food, too. Yeah, at least from one of them. Well, uh, I was also told that we might have uh, those Portuguese pastry things that you were talking about. Last week, uh, yeah. When are those getting delivered? Well, I was uh, it was Mike Ostrowski uh, from our credit from our credit yeah. union. Uh, he came in here, or he came into the Mayflower Marathon and said he uh, I he was going to bring them, but I said no. And the only reason I said no was because people bring us stuff all the time down there, and I don't you know we don't need extra food. The food is for the people that yeah. that, that, that we're collecting. But those, for. but those Portuguese custard cups are so delicious. Well, though. so then he sends me a picture this morning. Uh, of the bakery, yeah, closed what? on Mondays. They're open tomorrow. Uh, Jesus. Well, so. tomorrow isn't the day we need it. No, maybe I should reschedule this. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, I know that you are being nice and all, but could you postpone that till Wednesday? Because we have Judy Matt coming in tomorrow, and she always brings delicious baked goods and meals mm. as well. Let's see if he uh, responds to this. I mean, yeah. Well, well, let's see. We'll we'll see what he says. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's only so much food we can. I mean, who do you think we are, Joey Chestnut? Yeah. You pack down the shrimp cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want 16 pounds of Portuguese pastry. 
I, I could do it. What are they, custard cups? What yeah, they're they... like, they're like, they're like, they got a little custard inside Ooh. of it. He said no problem. I wonder if he was actually <laughs> listening or he was just... <laughs> If he was just because that—that's a jerk thing to say to someone, <laughs> somebody who's being nice and and offering to bring yeah. you pastries. Yeah. Could, you, could you be nice yeah. on our convenience? Yeah. Could you could you please uh, <laughs> postpone your niceness to a day later because yeah. somebody else is already being nice tomorrow? Yeah. What else is he? What other kind of Portuguese pastry is he bringing? I don't know. He I, he was talking about those uh, those custard things you were talking oh, about. Oh, those are good. And then, good. And then uh, uh, Joe Gomes showed up from. Uh, from Gomes Construction, yep, and he was like, "I am gonna go to bring you." Uh, you know, he's gonna yeah, go to New York City. Uh, all I heard was New York City and desserts, and that's I'm like, okay. "Okay, go ahead." That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You got it's nine thirteen with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. GG Inks Screen Printing and Embroidery.